the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day. We ask that you would bless this time that we have with you and that you would be glorified. Father, that you would search us, O Lord, and know our heart, try us and know our thoughts. See if there's any wicked way about us, Lord, and lead us in the way of everlasting. <clears throat> be with my special guest, Greg, as well as Sean in the booth, and my husband, Lord, Mark, we and myself. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. We're in Psalm 85, and I'm just going to start reading from verse 1. <clears throat> you showed your favor to your land, O Lord. You restored the fortress of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins, Selah. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, O God, our Savior, and put away the displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through the generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people and his saints, but let them not return to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear, fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and the righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. Thank you, Lord, for your word and give us understanding of your word, Lord. We love you so much. We ask this in Jesus' name. Wasn't that a good, good verse? It's really a communal prayer for God to renew mercies to Israel and to us as we read it. Um, I would like to introduce um, my speaker to you. For those of you ha that have followed the program On the Road with Jesus, you might recognize him. He's done, I think, five or six other shows for mm -hmm. me. So welcome, Greg yeah. Maxwell. Yeah, thank you, uh, Roldy. Thank you for having me again. It's always a pleasure to go ahead and be on your show and uh, go ahead and uh, talk to your audience and uh, about the Word of God. So. Okay, before we go into um, your subject, for our guests that has never really watched you before or heard you, I'd like for you to really share a little bit of background and, 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 and how you got saved, how you came to the full knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, uh, it's no fantastic miracle or anything like that. Uh, my grandma was a matriarch of the family. Uh, she was a strong Christian. Uh, she attended Assembly of God. And uh, as young kids, she used to always read the Bible and talk to us about God. And uh, this is in a small town called Bly, Oregon. And just one day, we she brought us to church. Uh, there was a pastor named Brother Wonder. I still remember him. Uh, he went ahead, prayed with us. We were filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember speaking in tongues. Uh, and then we went to a, an actual river and we went ahead and were water baptized. Wow. So, uh, All in one breath. Wow, yes. that's beautiful. Yes. So, gosh, long ago as a child and you hung tough with Jesus all yes. these years. Yes. Wow, what a blessing. Okay. Now, today <clears throat> I want to tell our listeners that um, we're going to be talking on a subject that I really haven't studied before, and really I haven't encountered anybody that has been following this religion 
But I think it's pertinent for today as people are looking and searching to really reveal who the nation of Islam as a religion is. So you're going to be speaking on that today. So let's let's just give a full overview for for our um, for our listeners. What is the nation of Islam? Where it comes from? All right. The nation of Islam started back in the 1930s. There was a, a gentleman named Fard Muhammad who went ahead and started it. Uh, he uh, was in Detroit, Michigan. He he was a, at one time a, a salesman peddling uh, silk and stuff. So he went ahead and had a town hall. He started uh, recruiting people within the black community to go ahead and come uh, and uh, listen to him as he went ahead and spoke. He was uh, he was Arabic. He was from uh, Mecca. And then uh, one of his early converts was a gentleman named Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I want to make clear is that the, the doctrines of the nation of Islam are a lot different than the doctrines of, of Orthodox Islam. So uh, from there, uh, uh, Fard Muhammad went ahead, he, he left. Uh, and then Elijah Muhammad went ahead and took over the movement from 1934 to 1975. Uh, he passed away in 1975. His son, Wallace Muhammad, went ahead and took over. Uh, key figures within the Nation of Islam at the time were Malcolm X, who... Uh, in 1952, uh, he was in prison. Uh, he, uh, his brother started talking about the nation of Islam, telling him about it. And Malcolm was a pimp. He was a thug. He was a criminal. And then he just talked about black empowerment and, uh, you don't need to go ahead and do this. And Malcolm X started reading the Quran. He memorized a dictionary. So he had a picture memory. He only had like a, uh, a high school education, uh, and then when he came and he out, he must have had a photographic memory if he, he could do that. He had a photographic memory. Yeah, uh-huh. he was very articulate. He spoke at you know like Oxford, uh, Harvard. He spoke at uh, different universities and stuff, uh, propagating uh, the doctrines of the Nation of Islam. When he was released from uh, prison after uh, six years, uh, when he was preaching one day, a, a young boxer went ahead and heard him speak. His name was Cassius Clay. He went ahead and converted to the Nation of Islam, and his name is was Muhammad Ali. So uh, anyway, in 1975, uh, Elijah Muhammad passed away. Then when he passed away, uh, Louis Farrakhan, who was recruited by Malcolm X, went ahead and took over the movement. And he's been the leader of, uh, I'm sorry, uh, in 1977, he went ahead and took over the Nation of Islam because there was a split. Wallace Muhammad went ahead and went to Sunni Islam, and he disagreed with his father's racism. I'll bring up the differences and the similarities between the two Islams uh, later on. But anyway, uh, so Farrakhan in 1977 started back up the lost and found nation of Islam and the doctrines and teachings of Elijah Muhammad. And so he's been the spiritual leader or the lesser Christ. Of, of the nation of uh, Islam, the greater Christ would go ahead and be uh, Elijah Muhammad, and then their God would be Fard Muhammad. Wow, so. that's really interesting. Okay, so let's talk about um, a real difficult topic today, sure. and that is what's facing the challenges that that's happening today with the Black Islam, the Islamic um, uh, nation of Islam. Well, uh, I'll kind of start with myself first. I, I wasn't a member or anything like that with the Nation of Islam. I was an athlete back in the 80s. I went to Cal State Long Beach. I played volleyball, and I started taking some black study classes. And in those black study classes, uh, there was professors. Uh, I can remember uh, uh, uh Karanga, Dr. Karanga, uh, Amin Ra, Dr. Joseph Ben-Yakanan, uh, other professors who were indoctrinating us with uh, uh, Nation of Islam theology, uh, Black liberation theology, Black pan-Africanism. And uh, so I I was a Christian, but, you know, I started listening to this stuff. And, uh, you know, some of the uh, presuppositions that they would bring up is, uh, you know, uh, you're learning that Christ, about Christianity, but Christianity, it's a white God. It's a white Jesus Christ. It's a white religion. You have a white savior and it's a slave religion to go ahead and enslave the black man with, with a white religion. So I started, it kind of it influenced me, to be honest, it influenced me. Uh, 
what was being preached, what was being said, but it was a testimony of my grandma, who was a, a powerful Christian, and just seeing her love for the Word of God. And then I got deeply reading the Word of God, and then I was able to layer on to see what I was being taught was not right. Uh, and John 4, 24, it says that God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. God's not white. God's not black. He's spirit. Uh, in regards to Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ said in John 14, 6, he went ahead to mention that I'm the way, the truth, and the light. He didn't say my, ra- my color is the way, the truth, and the life. He said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, Jesus, a savior for all mankind, unconditional love. Uh, so it's uh, John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will be saved, will have eternal life. And as far as a slave religion, if the, if the nation of Islam would go ahead and do their homework, uh, black slavery start with the Muslims in the seventh century with Abdul Ibn Muhammad, who was the founder of Islam, where he would go and raid uh, Africa. And he would go ahead and he was selling black slaves. He was in, uh, well, he was save, selling them to different Muslims. And then after he died in 632, you had the rightly guided caliphs, all four of them who continued slavery in the seventh century. And then you had the Europeans, you had America that went ahead, came taking slavery. But it started with uh, Islam. And today there's still African slavery, like in, uh, Sudan, uh, South, I'm at North Sudan. Uh, you have it in uh, Liberia where you actually have slave auctions. You can go online on YouTube and see it. Uh, you have uh, Saudi Arabia. They, they ended slavery in 1962, African slavery, but it's still gone on, but they're called maids. And you got a lot of human trafficking. So slavery still going on. But when I go ahead and read like John 8, 31 through 32, Jesus says that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. A scripture that really hit me real hard was John 4, 1 through 39. And it was about the the Samaritan lady. It's 39 scriptures, but I'll just paraphrase it. When Jesus went into Samaria, Jews did not go into Samaria. They would go around Samaria because the Samaritans were half Assyrian, half Jewish. So Jesus went ahead, he went into Samaria, he talked to the lady and John 4, 24, you know, they're getting water and stuff. And Jesus told her that, that the water that you, that you're getting, you know, will last for a while, while, but the water that I give will last forever. And he was talking about eternal life. And then he, he exposed her sin and where she had seven husbands and he, she, she was shocked that he knew. And, and she was even shocked at him being a Jew, that he would even go ahead and talk to her because she was a woman and she was a Samaritan. But Jesus broke that barrier of racism. And uh, then she was so excited. She went back to Samaria, told the Samarian people, and Jesus stayed two more days in, in Samaria preaching the gospel. And when his disciples seen him, they were shocked that he was in Samaria. So uh, that was a, a scripture that really hit me hard. Uh, Galatians three twenty seven through 28 mentions, and I'll go ahead and read that. Okay. That was a scripture that really hit me real hard also. And you're talking about when you were in high school? I mean, no, in, in college. college. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we're looking up Galatians. It's Galatians chapter three, okay. verse 27 and 28. Okay. Got it. All right. For many of you who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ. Christ belongs to everyone. He belongs to everyone. Revelation 7, 9 says that in heaven, there's all tribes, all tongues, all people in heaven. So we're not talking about a God that just is for the blacks. or just is for the whites, because I do know that I've heard people say that um, from from the Nation of Islam Mm -hmm. that this is the the God for the black man. Yes, and uh, I learned reading the Bible, Rhodey, that God doesn't look at race. God's about grace. Christ belongs to everyone. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're not black Gospels, they're not white Gospels, they're not brown Gospels, they're not yellow Gospels. They're love Gospels. Uh, There's only one color from from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. The Bible only stresses one color, not black, not white, 
not brown, not yellow. It's red, the blood of Christ, which is shed for all mankind. Uh, as I said in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He was a Jew. He was bred by the Jewish race. But Jesus went ahead and stressed his color, didn't stress his color, but he stressed his character. Love is colorless. Truth has no color. Righteousness is not based on skin color. Righteousness is based on the Savior who rose from the dead. It's not about skin, but it's about about sin. So here you are still in college and these these things that you pulled out of the Bible begin to make sense. So you 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 put aside the the teachings that your your professors were talking about and stressing about color and go ahead. Well, you know, in college, you, you know, I would go ahead and listen to what they're saying. But then when my eyes were opened up and the veils were removed, I went ahead and seeing that, hey, they're saying this. The word of God is saying this. I'm a trust the word of God. But, you know, you're kind of afraid to challenge your professors yeah, and everything course, like that. Yeah, you know, sure. you, you want to get the good grade. I want to graduate. Right. But I knew what the word of God was saying. They are sinful, fallen men, but Jesus rose after three days. Okay. So am I correct in thinking, I hope I'm not getting um, ahead of you, but am I correct in thinking that um, the nation of Islam and the Muslim or the Islamic faith are two different um, religions altogether? They might have some similarities, Mm -hmm. but possibly the nation of Islam as an offshoot of, of the, as you called it, the Orthodox Islam? Uh, I wouldn't say it's, it's an uh, offshoot. They are just Muslim by name where they, you know, claim to be Muslim. They go ahead and God's name is Allah. But there's uh, a lot, there's many differences. And uh, first, I'd like to go ahead and talk about the similarities. Uh, the nation of Islam and Orthodox Islam they deny the Trinity. They deny Jesus being the Son of God. They deny His deity. They deny His resurrection from the uh, from the grave. Uh, they de- deny uh, grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, both religions go ahead and believe that the Bible has been corrupted and has been tampered with. Uh, both believe that. Islam is a true religion of the black man. Uh, so also uh, Christianity, uh, they'll m- play on the, the white savior thing. It's a white religion. Uh, the, the Bible, uh, they'll bring up the King James. And King James is a homosexual. So how can you go ahead and believe the, the Bible? You know, you know, here's a homosexual. You have the King James Bible. Uh, I've had where I had Orthodox Muslims and the Nation of Islam said that none of the disciples ever went to Africa to go ahead and preach. So as an African-American, your true religion is not white Christianity, it's Islam. Hmm. So, and then I'll talk about some of the uh, differences, and then I want to refute that stuff too. All right. All right. These are some of the differences. Uh, And in Orthodox Islam, excuse me, in the nation of Islam, and I'm going to go on to their origin a little bit, you had God who was a was black he created himself from a triple do- darkness from the adam and time so he self-generated himself everything that i mentioned here orthodox islam doesn't believe it so in genesis 126 god who was black when he went ahead and created man let's make man in our image according to our likeness so the first man adam was black so that's royalty. Uh, the nation of Islam does not believe in heaven or hell. He- heaven is here on earth. Uh, hell is being dominated by the white man. Uh, they believe that God passes his knowledge every 25,000 uh, years to other go- gods. So you had the... T- so the original God went ahead and passed his knowledge. So you had the uh, 25 scientists, uh, 24 is mentioned in the book of Revelation, but they have 25. One of these gods went ahead and he was messing with genetics of man. When he messed with the genetics of man, he went ahead and grafted. His name is Yakub. He went ahead when he grafted uh, that germ of a black man, he went ahead and created the white race. They evolved from being apes to uh, 
to being uh, the white man. So the white man went ahead and uh, is the devil and the devil went ahead and enslaved the righteous who were the, who were the black. So there's a war going on right now. I have never heard that. And and the Muslims don't believe that this is just the nation of Islam. This is just the nation of Islam. So everything that I'm bringing up is what the nation of Islam believes. So uh, salvation isn't based on uh, a savior. Well, the savior would be, uh, would have been Fard Muhammad, who they believe is God. All the knowledge of those other gods were passed to Fard. And then he mysteriously left, but he, they believe he's still alive today, but he only preached from 1930 to 34. Uh, uh, then, the, the, so he was considered the second. He was considered the Mahdi or the or the Jesus who went ahead and came. How the scriptures went ahead mm-hmm. and mentioned about the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Christ was uh, was um, Elijah Muhammad, and then he went ahead and preached. And then when he passed away in 1975, the lesser Christ would go ahead and be uh, Farrakhan. Oh, okay. So they they also believe that since these people that were supposedly God, you can die too. I, you know, I'm not really certain on that. I just know that they passed their, they must because they passed their knowledge over, over to, to the next, yeah, to the next God. And then you have the 25 uh, scientists. But again, one of the scientists was evil and he went ahead and grafted and everything like that. Uh, okay, I got so, it. I got so the it. devil and stuff. Okay, so where are you taking us now? Uh, I wanted to go ahead and t- still talk about the differences. Okay, All right, another thing that's real important the goal of the Nation of Islam, and they have their n- newspaper right here. What what? How this old is, is that? This is uh, 2019. It's called the Final Call, and uh, they talk about some of the things that they believe. We believe in one God who's Allah. We believe in the Quran. We believe that the Bible has been corrupted. Uh, we want the separation of the races. We don't want integration. Uh, we believe that, uh, and this is point twelve. We believe that Allah appeared in the person of. Fard Bahamut in July of 1930, the long-awaited Messiah, the Christians, the Mahdi of the Muslims. We believe further, lastly, Allah's God. Besides him, there is no God. He will bring about a universal government within where we all can live in peace. So the goal of the nation of Islam is to go ahead and have a, a black a nation within a nation, to go ahead and have states set aside where you have a black nation, where you have a, a black theocracy, theocracy, where you have a black government that's all black, where you have commerce that's all black. It's a black kingdom. So, but we know that several thousand years ago, 6,000 years ago, the Tower of Babel, they tried doing that where there wasn't no need for for the true God. And you've seen what happened with that, though. So uh, that's basically what the, oh, and then one other thing, they believe that in 1914, that, uh, that that's the beginning of the end. And in 1965, 1964 was supposed to be a war war that would happen and that the white man's rule over the black man would go ahead and end, but Allah extended the time. So it's a, a convenient uh, uh Something for, you know, for a false prophecy. So, but they believe that there's going to be an Armageddon that will happen, a race war, and that, uh, that naturally the black man will go ahead and win, and that will be Armageddon. Okay. I need to ask a question because sure, I'm a little perplexed here. Mm-hmm. So, their, their nation of Islam believes that uh, they're going to form a nation within a nation. Yes. And, and it's going to be structured with all black people. Yes. And, um, what about the other people that are, so-called nation of Islam in other countries, are they also going to form a country within a country of black believers? The the goal of the nation of Islam is to go ahead and have a kingdom on earth where all black Muslims from the nation of Islam were all the black man, because they believe that the resurrection for them isn't a physical resurrection. It's a a mental resurrection to go ahead and realize that, hey, you have a black religion, you have a black God. Now you need to go ahead and have a black kingdom and you need to wake up from the stupor and from, from the mental blindness. So they, so a lot of times they'll call people all over the world. If they're black, that they're lost sheep, they're blind, deaf and dumb. And that's why Farrakhan, who's a lesser Christ will go ahead and awaken them to go ahead and realize this utopia, this goal that, uh, that Fard Muhammad, who is God has went ahead and empowered the nation of Islam to go ahead and do. Okay. I have another quick question. Sure. Go ahead. 
um, you mentioned that Malcolm X had um, joined the Nation of Islam. And of course, we know Mal- Malcolm X is no longer with us. Yes. So was he, did, according to the is uh, the Nation of Islam, do they also believe that he had he that he might have been a lesser Christ? No, he was a spokesman for the Nation of Islam, and uh, he was a member for twelve years. Uh-huh. And uh, just like uh, the original uh, Abdullah ibn Muhammad, who founded the Islam, not the nation of Islam, but Islam in 610 AD. Uh, I'm sorry, not yeah, 610 AD. Uh, he was involved in sin. He went ahead. He he was 54 years old. He went ahead and took a young girl at six years old. Her name was Aisha. He went ahead and married her. He consummated his marriage with her, having sex with her. And it's in this book right here. These books called uh, the Hadith, uh, Sahih al-Bahari Hadith, record that where Aisha went ahead and spoke. And so... Uh, when I talk to Muslims, Orthodox Muslims, and I'll leave where I'm going with this with the nation of Islam, is that Jesus said in Matthew 7, he said, if the tree is bad, the fruits are bad. If the fruits are bad and the tree is bad, then the roots are bad. The roots for the nation of Islam would go ahead and be uh, Abdullah ibn Muhammad. So uh, he went ahead. He took this young girl as his wife. Uh, he also, before he died in 632, he went ahead and he seen uh, a baby crawling on the ground. And in this book, The Life of Muhammad, right here that I have, on page 311, it's by Ibn Ishaq. He went ahead and desired that little girl sexually, too, and he had 12 wives. So anyway, when Muslims go ahead, Orthodox Muslims tell me that, well, you're not from the culture. So how can you go ahead and speak? Women, they mature faster. They have their menstrual cycle faster than women here. So you can't speak. And so it's kind of an Ahadaman where it's attacking you. So I went ahead and mentioned, you know what? You're right. I'm not from the Middle East. But I know someone who's from the Middle East. His name is Jesus Christ. You claim that he's one of your prophets. And he said in the Angel, which is the New Testament, in Luke 17, 1 through 2, he said, Woe to those who sin come. It's better that a millstone be hung around your head and that you be cast into the ocean than for you to hurt one of these little ones. So let's go ahead and fast forward this now uh, a little over 1,200 years later. Uh, Malcolm X was a spokesman. He went ahead. He went to many universities where he went ahead and spoke. And he spoke about Elijah Muhammad. He went ahead and spoke about Fard Muhammad. And when he went ahead and he he spoke about him, he spoke all around the uh, the, the country. Uh, one day, Elijah Muhammad's son Wallace Muhammad confided something in him, and what he confided in him was that uh, about his father. But let me back up just a little bit. There were secretaries because the nation of Islam was growing because of uh, Malcolm X, who was very articulate. So in 1957, a young secretary, a young girl was asked to go ahead and leave because she was impregnated. And then they have bylaws and stuff against uh, adultery, against uh, foreign vacation, drugs and stuff like that. And they have very good social programs in the nation of Islam. But anyway, she was told to go ahead and she had to leave. In order to be reinstated, she had to wait between one to five years. So they thought maybe an outsider impregnated her. Well, they had four more secretaries. Well, all of a sudden, these other four young girls who were teenagers got impregnated. And so they thought maybe it was the same guy again. So that's five. And then later on, two more secretaries who brought in were brought in were impregnated. So you had seven uh, secretaries who had 11 children. And then Wallace Fard Muhammad told Malcolm X that it was uh, Elijah Muhammad who impregnated him. And he was hurt he was stunned by this revelation. He went and he talked to Elijah Muhammad, who went ahead in a minute. But he said that it was prophecy for me to go ahead and do this. And what's sad with the hypocrisy was Elijah Muhammad would go ahead and sit on these boards where these young girls would be brought and then they would be disciplined. And he was a father of those. Uh, he fathered those kids. But anyway, uh, Elijah Muhammad went ahead and mentioned that just as David went ahead and had children, I mean, had wives, Solomon went ahead and wife, had wives. 
it was destined for me to have it. But in the Psalms, the book of Psalms, David repented. You know, he had to pay a price, but he repented. And Solomon and Ecclesiastes repented, but Elijah Muhammad never repented. So anyway, it was a ruse to go ahead and get Elijah, I'm mean, excuse me, to get Malcolm X out of the nation of Islam. Plus Malcolm X went ahead and left the nation of Islam. He went ahead and did this. Uh, he embraced uh, Orthodox Islam, Sunni Islam, and he went ahead and did the Hajj and I believe in 1963, uh, 1964, somewhere around there, to go ahead and become an Orthodox Muslim. He changed his name to to a Arabic name. So he he did that, left the, the um, yes the Nation of Islam, mm-hmm. and 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 did he ever? Um, I, I don't recall how he died. He went ahead, was speaking uh, back south, and he started the Muslim Mosque Association. He started another association because he w- wanted to talk about civil rights. And he was shocked when he went to uh, to Mecca, seeing a, a, a white man who was a Muslim, a black man who was a Muslim. But what I found, the hypocrisy with Malcolm X in 1962, uh, Saudi Arabia ended slavery with with the black man by Kennedy. President Kennedy put pressure on dip, diplomatic uh, pressure on, so they ended it. And Malcolm X later on went to Saudi Arabia, and I'm sure they still had slavery because they still have it today, but they're just called maids and everything like that. So, and then you had uh, Ibn Abd- Abdul Muhammad and the Hadith, Sahid al-Bahari, Sahid Muslim, where he went ahead and he had b- black slaves. So Malcolm X didn't do his homework. But anyway, the, the, how he died, he was speaking and he bec- the Muslim, the, talking about the nation of Islam, not Orthodox Muslims, the nation of Islam, Muslims had an assassination squad that went ahead and basically they sh- shot Malcolm X when he was speaking uh, with a shotgun. Uh, they shot him with several times with bullets. Uh, I believe three to four Muslims from the nation of Islam were indicted and imprisoned. They had immediately cut, cut the gunman. And so uh, uh, they did prison time. Uh, I think three, three of the guys was locked up for about 15 years. Uh, one Muslim, I believe it was about, 25 years ago, one of the gunmen, he was able to, to get out. And when he got out of uh, uh, prison, Farrakhan immediately went ahead and reinstated him to uh, to the nation of Islam, went ahead and made him a minister. And here's a guy that went ahead and killed his mentor. But, but also uh, in uh, December 4th, 1964, when Malcolm X went ahead and left the nation of Islam, Farrakhan called for his death. In their publication, before the final call, it was called uh, Muhammad Speaks, and he called for his death. So he was assassinated by the the Nation of Islam. Wow, I I, I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I know this is going to sound like I didn't do my homework, but is Louis Farrakhan still alive? Yes, he's still alive. Yeah, and he's, is he still a big part of the Nation of Islam? He's the leader of the Nation of Islam. Okay, so he's so, so he speaks all around the country uh, and all around the world. He spoken beliefs at a, a prison re- recently. And what's sad, I, I have a, a magazine here where, uh, where he went ahead and he spoke and he was at a church. And I don't understand why people allow, oops, why they allow someone like Farrakhan and the doctrines that he believes to go ahead and speak at a church. Now, so. maybe you had placed that um, on the floor. Did you? Okay. So um, sorry yeah. about that, uh, listeners. Yeah. Um, so let's see that. So he here's Faith Community St. Sabrina in Chicago, and it has Malcolm X. They give him a platform to go ahead and speak. In fact, uh, he had spoke at another church, and what I did was I called the church. I talked to the head pastor, and I wanted to know why would you have someone like Farrakhan go ahead and speak? So, And what was his answer? It was a lady. Oh, okay. Her answer was, well, he's an elegant speaker. And then I asked, well, you know, I just wanted to ask, I, I said, can I read a scripture to you, a couple of scriptures? One scripture I brought her to was Ephesians chapter 5. Okay. And what verse? All right. Give me a second here. Let's see. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. But let's start with verse 8. Okay. All right. So this is what I read to the pastor. 
For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light results in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Discerning what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11 is the key. Don't participate in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So we're not supposed to have fellowship with darkness. So she tried attacking the King James Bible. So I went ahead and mentioned to her that King James had nothing to go ahead and do with the translation of the translating the actual Hebrew, Greek, and Latin of the King James. He just commissioned it. And I said, if he was a homosexual, I said, the Bible says that God is no respecter of man in 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 6, verse 9, uh, 1 Timothy uh, 1, 10, that it says that the, the sin of homosexual homosexuality is a sin and it's wrong. But I told her in the Quran, it mentions nothing about child molesting or anything like that with, uh, with Elijah Muhammad, nor Abdullah ibn Muhammad. So, and then I left her with one scripture. It's in Isaiah 5, 20 and 21, because she was getting pretty upset with me. And I wasn't debating or arguing with her. I, I, in fact, I told her to bring out her Bible. And I said, I just want you to read this. And I'll tell you what her response was. Okay, that was Isaiah what? Chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. Okay, go ahead. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Verse 21, woe to those who are wise in their own opinion and clever in their own sight. Farrakhan and his doctrines are evil. She says, I have to go ahead and go now. So she hung up the phone. Mm, Interesting. There was no answer. The word of God exposes the doctrines of of the nation of Islam and how evil they are. And in any book that comes, Rodi, right here, this is a Quran right here. Any book that comes and says that it's a revelation from God has to be tested by former revelation. The Bible. Yes. So you have two different books. You have two different gods who went ahead and are speaking here. One is false. So any later revelation has to go ahead and be tested by former revelation. So the uh, the Muslims from the nation of Islam use the Quran. I have a bigger Quran, but I don't want to give any glory to the Quran. So I have my little Quran that I'm using here. Plus, I'd like to go ahead and add with the nation of Islam. These are their books right here, which they believe are like inspired because it came from Fard, who, who and it came from Christ, which would go ahead and be Elijah Muhammad. Uh, and your audience can go ahead and get these books online. Our Savior Has Arrived by Elijah Muhammad. Uh-huh. The Fall of America by Elijah Muhammad. Message to the Black Man in America by Elijah Muhammad. And How to Eat and Live by Elijah Muhammad. And Farrakhan goes ahead and sent out, since I was his mentor, will go ahead and has all of his people from the Nation of Islam uh, reading these books or textbooks and stuff that gives their theology is her doctrines. Okay. Now, I, I, I'm really curious. I mean, this this may not be something that you can answer, but I do know that there are a lot of black men that have have not married a black woman. How does the how does the Nation of Islam rectif- receive that? Well, remember what I said earlier about Yakub mm-hmm. and that the white race are a devil. So. As a, a black man, why would you want to go ahead and marry a devil? Exactly. So, but some, so they some don't, may have already married. Yeah, yeah. So they don't believe in intermarriage. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they don't believe in intermarriage at all. So if you've already intermarried, um, you you need to get a divorce or you just don't join the Nation of Islam? Uh, probably both of them. But okay. see, again, hypocrisy. Uh, I have a picture right here. Here's their God, Fard Muhammad, who went ahead and found them. Well, he, his mother was Armenian and he was Moroccan. So I guess he was a half a devil then. And he went ahead and he founded their religion. So again, you have hypocrisy there. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's move on to, um, um, you said that we need to test the new scripture. Um, any, any new writings? Any new doctrines that come? We have to test it with the Bible. And yes, how, Bible. how does this measure up? How does the nation, or, or have we covered some of that? Uh, we, I would say refu- uh, refuting the doctrines of the nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good example would go ahead. Let's go to Genesis 126. Okay. All right. Okay. 
fact, before we go to 126, let's go to Genesis 1 1. Okay. It says here, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Hebrew word is bara, meaning that, that, that God created. So I like to use the example like a painting. And you have a painting, you have the artist who goes ahead, has a painting on the easel. He goes ahead, he paints, he, he uh, adds color, he does this beautiful masterpiece, but the painter isn't part of the painting. And you have the nation of Islam, their God is part of the painting. But he just stepped out of the painting, whereas our God's separate and distinct from the painting. He's not part of the painting. He's the architect or the painter. Uh, let's go to Genesis one twenty six. Uh, it mentions, remember, with the nation of his own doctrines, they believe that God was black. He created himself. He went ahead and then he created uh, the, the first black man. So the and the first person that he created was Adam, who was black. So uh, in Genesis one twenty six, it said, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Then we will rule the fish of the sea. The, then they will rule the f- fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock on all the earth, and then creatures that crawl on the earth. And one thing's important, though, with your readers, Rody, is when anybody, I don't care who it is, a Jehovah Witness, a Mormon, a Nation of Islam, Orthodox Muslim, if they ever quote the scripture, look at the scripture, read before the scripture, after the scripture for proper what's called hermeneutics to make sure that's what the scripture's saying. And they're not just taking one scripture, taking it out of context. That's called isogeting. You want to exogete to make sure what the scripture's saying. So let's keep on going. Verse 27. So God created man in his image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. If, if the first God was a black man and then he created a human being who was a black man, then you have a problem in verse 27 because it said that God created male and female in his image. So as a nation of Islam, God, was he like half male and half female? Mm. So we are created in the image of God, but the Bible tells us what the image of God is. So let's go to Ephesians chapter four. Okay. And to get the context, let's start with verse 22. Okay. You took off your former way of life, the old man that was corrupted by deceitful desires. Verse 23, you are being renewed in the spirit of your minds. The key is right here. Verse 24, you put on the new man, that the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness, purity, and truth. So the image of God isn't skin. The image of God is holiness, righteousness, and truth, which was shattered by Adam and Eve, who were both in the image of God. And it was restored by Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So it's a spiritual image. It's a moral likeness, not a physical image. So the nation of Islam is wrong. That's one scripture that goes ahead and shows that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. There's many more that goes ahead and shows that they're wrong. Uh, They believe that Fard Muhammad, refuting the doctrines of the nation of Islam, they believe that Fard Muhammad was God. Let's go to Isaiah 43.10. Got it. All righty. All right. And this is the prophet Isaiah speaking. You are my witnesses, the Lord's decoration and my servant whom I've chosen so that you may know and believe and understand that I am he. No God was formed before me and there will be no none after me. Verse 11. I am the Lord and there is no savior but me. So you you have in the nation of Islam, you had God who self-generated himself. And then the cycle every 25,000 years, there's other gods that go ahead and come. And Fard Muhammad has the knowledge of all these other gods. But here in the scriptures, there's no God before, before God. There's no God after him. So Fard Muhammad cannot be God. There's other scriptures. I'll just for your audience. Uh, there's Isaiah 44, 6 through 8 that says the same thing. Isaiah 45, 12. Isaiah 48, 12. You have uh, Jeremiah 10, 11. Uh, let's go to this scripture because I've had a, a Muslim tell me, well, that's just referring to, you know, nation of Islam. That's just referring to an idol. All right. So let's go to Acts chapter 12, verse 21. Okay. All righty. And so I'll go ahead and read it there again for your audience. It's Acts chapter 12, verses 21 through 23. So on an appointed day, dressed in royal robes and seated on the throne, Herod delivered a public address to them. The papas began to shout, it's a voice of a God and not a man. At once the angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and became infected with worms and died. Then God's message flourished and multiplied. So, it's idolatry. It doesn't have to go ahead and be a stone statue. It's idolatry. When when you go ahead and mention that you want to receive Godship, uh, Jesus went ahead and said in John 8, 44, 
the real devil, who is a spirit, who is an angel, as it says in Ezekiel 28, uh, you had Jesus said in John 8, 44, that the devil is a liar and he tells no truth. But when I read Genesis 3, 4 and 5, do you remember the lie that the devil went ahead and told yeah, Adam and Eve? To eat. And but uh, what else did he say? Eat. Uh, uh, you will become like God. Yes. So that lie didn't originate with the nation of Islam. It came from Satan, but they had the same thing. So it was just passed on to their religion. Uh, let's go ahead and go here. You have Elijah Muhammad, who's Christ. You have Louis Farrakhan, who's a lesser Christ. Uh, several scriptures. Uh, First John 2.22. Okay. okay, go ahead. All righty. And so you had one of the apostles of Jesus Christ, John, who was inspired by the Holy Ghost. He went ahead and wrote, wrote this 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Who is a liar if not the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is an antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. It doesn't say that Jesus is a Christ. It says, it's a definite article, he's the Christ. Mm-hmm. So Louis Farrakhan, Elijah Muhammad, even Fard Muhammad, are not a Christ. They're not saviors. They're false saviors. Uh-huh. Uh, Jesus in Hebrews 13, 8 and 9 says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. There's no other Christ there coming. In fact, I take it I'm mistaken. Jesus did go ahead and mention that there would be other Christ that would come. So let's go ahead and go to Matthew 24. What verse? It'll be verse 23 through 26. So this is Jesus talking. Yes. If anyone tells you, then look, here is the Messiah or the Christ or over here. Do not believe it for false messiahs, false prophets will arise to perform great signs and wonders to lead astray if possible. Even the elect take note. I have told you in advance. So he's mentioning Jesus is mentioned. If anybody tells you this is Messiah or this is Christ, don't believe it. And the nation of Islam and this right here, these magazines that I have are saying right here, Jesus is the key. And look, it's Farrakhan on the front because he's the Messiah. Oh, he is? Yes, he is. Wow, I didn't know that either. Yes. Okay. And right here, I'd like to show you this. This magazine mentions here the truth about Farrakhan. Well, we just seen the word of God. The truth about Farrakhan is, is that he's a false Messiah. He's a false prophet. Okay, we've got a couple minutes more for you. All right. Would you wrap this up in a nutshell? I'll wrap it up in a nutshell. Uh, I think what's important is no one cares how much you know, Rhodey, till they go ahead and see how much you care. I would tell your audience, don't be afraid to go ahead and share the gospel of Christ. Go ahead and share the the love of God with, with the Muslim. Share salvation. Show what the Bible goes ahead and says about Jesus. The scriptures that I went ahead and shared, share them with them. Talk about salvation and share, show what salvation is, that, that there's eternal life and eternal life is Jesus, that they're hurting. Wow. So. Now, do, have you, do you have an example for me where you've talked about uh, just that to um, somebody of... Yes. The um, nation of Islam. Yes. uh, uh, I went to uh, two different nation of Islam mosques. I I went to one in San Bernardino. I was right out in front. The Muslims were coming and I just asked questions. That way you're not debating and arguing. I just asked some questions. And then I was in San Bernardino. I was in front of another nation of Islam mosque. So my story will take two minutes and you can use the story with anybody. There was a king who was a love by all of his people, but all of his laws had to be followed. He was noble, just, and fair. So all, on his left hand, all of his laws had to be followed. On his right hand, uh, he was merciful and compassionate. So one day there was a famine in the land. There wasn't uh, a lot of food and his subjects loved him because he was fair. And his subjects were black, white, brown, and yellow, the rainbow. So anyway, they told him that someone stole the food. He got so upset, he went ahead and he told his police officer and detectives, go find this crook. When this crook is found for breaking my law, I want him tied to the whipping pole and he's going to go ahead and receive a public beating with a large whip in front of everyone. So they went out to go ahead and find this person that did it. Well, after a month, they said, we don't know who did it. So guess what happened the next month? 
someone went ahead and they took more food and they told the king. So instead of receiving 50 lashes, now the punishment was double as 100 lashes. So they went out and after a month, they told the king, we don't know who did it. So we can't find the person. So the king's very upset. So when I'm sharing the story with the nation of Islam, I have their attention. And I said, my story's on just about over. I'm just, you know, like 90% over. So anyway, the next month, Roly, they caught the person. And guess who the person was? And they said, the king. I says, no, the king's noble, just and fair. It can't be him. He would be a corrupt king. It was his mother. Now he has a moral dilemma. The law was broken and it was his mother. So if it was you and I, Roly, or your listening crowd, we would go ahead and receive the uh, the hundred lashes, but it was his mother. So he had his mother tied to the whipping pole. She's shaking. She's scared. And just when they're getting ready to whip her, the king said, stop, not stop the punishment. But the king walked over. He wrapped his arms around his mother and then they punished him. He took the punishment for his mother. And every time he was being hit, he would scream and holler and a tear would hit her on the shoulder. So you had the law that was carried out. You had the mercy and compassion that was also carried out together. So the moral to the story is this, is that the mother in that story is you and I and the listening audience. And the king is Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. I shared that story with many Orthodox Muslims and Nation of Islam Muslims. Thank you. And they accepted Jesus. That's so great. Um, So if you can resonate with that story and would like to accept Jesus as your Savior, today is the day. Say the short prayer with me and call us here at the station. Let us know that you've accepted Jesus. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Forgive me of all my sins, the past, present, and future. Wrap your arms around my body, Lord, so I won't take the lashes that I deserve. Today is the day I will follow you, Jesus, all the rest of eternity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Let us know if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. We'll be here again next time on the road with Jesus. God bless you all. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.